Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to Cinephiles Digest. This is episode 116. And on this week's show, we're going to be talking about the latest slash final chapter in the John Wick franchise. John Wick Chapter 4 should be a fun one. We'll be getting into that review shortly. But first, let me go ahead and introduce my forever co-host, Travis. Welcome to the show. Hello, Matthew. Now, we had planned on having our original co-host, Tom, join us Tom, for this review. Tom Wick? Tom Wick. <laughs> Unfortunately, it just didn't uh, It didn't work out that way. Tom's a busy boy. We're all busy boys. It just, uh, the timing didn't work out this time. So, <clears throat> we'll have to get Tom on sometime soon, but the stars did not align for the Tom Wick, John Wick episode. So. I wonder what other movie will attract Tom back to the show. That is a good question. Barbie, maybe? He is a Get a Grey Wig uh, super fan. Maybe. Could be Barbie. Oppenheimer. I mean, mm. that, that weekend is ripe. Yes, but I feel like Tom's prioritizing Barbie over Oppenheimer now. We need to get Tom for a... Uh succession recap when it's over <laughs> right i need somebody to tell me why i'm a piece of shit for not watching that show <laughs> people are losing their mind after last night's episode oh my god dude i saw some tweet that was like if you haven't seen last night's episode of succession yet watch it right this second what are you doing and i'm like i'm not cramming four seasons of television in in the next six hours but Missing out. <sighs> Apparently, it was a game changer. It was huge, is what I've been hearing. I feel like I need to prioritize that show, especially since it's only four seasons and it's nearing its end. That's true. I mean, you already missed the zeitgeist on The Last of Us, so that ship has sailed. So you can fucking watch that whenever. But well, and <laughs> you know, hype will resume for that when season two comes around. Right. That's true. Eventually, so. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's time. I did start that show like a couple of years ago. Succession. Succession? Yeah. And it's not like I didn't enjoy it. I just like. You didn't get the bug? I didn't get the bug. And I didn't like. <laughs> I didn't love it enough to like prioritize it. So I just didn't watch it for several weeks. And then but I think that it, amount of it, time goes it, by. It, it, and, it may have gotten better since you stopped watching it. <clears throat> I mean, it's not like people don't think the first season's amazing. Like I. No, like but, it, but I do. It think seems you're like right. people, people have gotten they've gotten harder for the show. Right. I mean, season one's probably like a half <laughs> chug, and now they're like you could cut glass with oh, these God. things that are <laughs> popping up around town, <laughs> especially after that last episode. So um, I should watch it, but at this point, I've, I'm probably just going to wait until it's finished. Because what am I going to do? Binge watch four seasons of television in the next couple weeks? I mean, no. We say it all the time. Everyone else feels it. There's just too much TV. There is too much TV, but I feel like Succession is like one of the like five to ten shows that like right. is in the like cultural required view. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it seems like something that I would like because it's got we got Brian Cox. We got Sarah Snook's ginormous ass. Wait, what? Walking around town. <laughs> yeah, dude. Sarah Snook, you haven't seen that thing? No. 
Oh yeah, dude. I'm missing out. <laughs> <laughs> just Google Sarah Snook that thing, and then you'll just wait. <laughs> just see the images that just pop onto your screen. And... Can't wait. <laughs> I don't think I'm familiar with Sarah Snook. She's been in. You will probably recognize her from maybe like one or two things. I mean, she's primarily known for Succession, but she's been in a couple. Of things. I see. Not that I can name. Scott, your boy but... from uh, what was that movie called? Armageddon Time. Jeremy Strong. Jeremy Strong <laughs> yeah. is not my boy. How dare you? <laughs> that movie is <laughs> your boy, though. That movie is my boy. Yes, that's correct. But Jeremy Strong, I was not a huge fan of his performance in that movie. I I recall I was the one praising him. <laughs> there was a couple good scenes of his. Come on. Uh, yeah. Right. That guy's a little cringe, but <laughs> yeah, Sarah. Let's get back on to let's get back on topic. Sarah Snook. Um, oh yeah, she looks familiar. I don't know from what, but she's been in a few things outside of Succession. So I don't have her filmography in front of me right now, but um, so we'll see. But anyway, enough television stuff. What's been yes. going on? Tell me about it. Anything Honestly, nothing too important. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, birthday celebrations and family dinners of of recent. We just Ooh. had Easter, so, you know. I will say, though, this is a busy week for me. I have three shows to go to this week. Oh, God damn. Tell me all about them. What's first? So, there'll probably be a recap on the next episode. Tomorrow, I'm going <laughs> to see Spirit Box and After the Burial. Okay. And Intervals, if you're into that. Okay. Saturday's Kazo, which is a EDM slash metal artist. EDM slash cool. metal, huh? He has some metal influences, but uh, he should have a, maybe not a full band, but a band uh, with him for his live performance. Interesting. Okay. And then Sunday is a death metal extravaganza or deathcore extravaganza. Lauren yes, Ashore, there is a difference. Thank you for uh Brand of Sacrifice, Body Snatcher, Boundaries, oh, yeah. Shadow of Intent. It's a pretty big lineup. Gonna be huge. Now, death metal in particular, they love having like five or six band bills, mm-hmm. which I hate, but Body Snatcher is huge. I'm, they're a Florida band, I'm pretty sure. Am I correct in that, Nina? I'm not sure. I did actually see them with Hatebreed, though. Oh, Body Snatcher? Ago. Oh, mm-hmm. right. You did tell me about that. Yeah. Body Snatcher is pretty cool. Lorna Shore is cool, too. Have you seen them before? I saw them in Houston a couple years ago when I went to visit Tyler for his birthday. Okay. So, like, but before they had, like, blown Zone. up big time. It Wait, was... they're playing El Corazone? No, they were playing El Corazone uh, late last year, but it sold out, and then resale was crazy. They're at Soto... This weekend. Okay, that sounds that sounds which is also sold out. Yeah, El Corazon sounds like they outgrew that venue probably three years ago, <laughs> at least I think. Yeah, I don't know why their last tour was at El Corazon, but um, yeah, pretty hype though because uh, yeah, I want to see them at a bigger venue. The venue I saw them at in Houston was pretty small, and um, I think they need a bigger stage. I don't know, man. I would always opt for smaller stage. (laughs) 
all no the time. way. Bigger stage means bigger theatrics. Are they theatrical though? Mm, they could be. <laughs> <laughs> they have the potential. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll have to report back on that one. I'm curious. But I do have Monday off, though, so that'll be nice. I mean, you gotta, after two fucking barn burners in a row. EDM metal and then just a fucking 12-band bill of just fucking ragers. You're gonna have a bang over on Monday. Bang so good call. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Anything to note? Ugh, I'm lovesick, dude. Your girl's been away? Yeah. <laughs> I... I <laughs> I made it as a joke to her, but so like she, so she's finally going to be back in two days as of this recording. Uh, mm-hmm. That will be three weeks and two days. Is this the longest is, you've been apart? Oh yeah, definitely. Before it was a couple months ago when she was gone for two weeks. So now mm. it's three weeks and change. And I've just felt like on the verge of like sickness, like the whole time she's been gone, you know, like I wake up with like a sniffly nose and I just, I've just felt like, not at my best and i made a joke to her like a week ago <laughs> that i was lovesick and she made fun of me she thought it was Ouch. sweet but she made fun of me she's <laughs> like, <laughs> like you fucking nerd i was like Ugh. so anyway she's finally going to be back but no it's mostly just been trying to preoccupy my time with uh distractions and video games and some movies which i'll talk about later not as many as i had intended um I had grabbed, like, my goal when this started was to, like, get caught up on my Criterions that I have never watched. So I, like, pulled a big pile and brought it downstairs. (laughs) And I was like, this is my watch list. I grabbed, like, eight or nine Criterions. And I was like, this is what I'm going to watch. If I'm going to watch a movie, I'm going to grab from this pile. It's going to be huge. I think I watched two. (laughs) Maybe three. I have to double-check my watch list, but... That's progress. I did, you know, I made a dent, but there's many more to go. So didn't go as well as I had anticipated. It was mostly me playing video games because I got a new laptop. So I've been gaming away. Oh, right. Like a loon. Yeah, mostly Overwatch, but. On the laptop. Yes. I've got it hooked up to my work monitor. So I've got dual monitor, got a fancy keyboard and mouse. So you're Um, playing mouse and key? Yes, mouse and key. Been playing Overwatch. I bought uh, the remaster of Warcraft Three because I was a big fan of that back in the day. Wow. So I've been uh, cruising through that campaign and uh, a couple other miscellaneous things. So it's been a lot of PC gaming. You're a real gamer now. Oh, I'm a I'm a big time gamer. I got all my bases covered now. <clears throat> so now we're in the big leagues. That is big league. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so mostly that I've been spending a lot of time with my parents cause they've, you know, felt bad for me. So they've been like, you want to come over for dinner? We're making uh chorizo potato burritos. And I'm like, uh, yes I do. Hell yeah. So I spent a lot of time <laughs> over there eating their food, but, um, the wait is almost over. So I'll finally be reunited, which I'm looking forward to. But, uh, that's, that's about all that's been going on with me. Mostly just, uh, you know, trying to occupy my time to make the days go by faster. You know what I'm saying? Beautiful. 
now well, Chelsea will be out of uh, town here soon for a weekend, so uh, I'll probably be in the same boat, but uh, not for, for a weekend, dog. Come not on. nearly as long as you. A long That's weekend. the dream. A weekend is the dream. Oh, That's, yeah, you know, weekend. three days and you're like, oh, my God, thank, I need this. Thank God. But hey, I'm not complaining. <laughs> 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 the first couple of days, I was like, oh, this is amazing. I don't have anybody telling me to, like, clean up after myself. You end or... up not doing anything because you you have so much time to do whatever that you want that you just end up wasting it. Not all the anything. time to do all of the nothing you ever wanted to do. That's been exactly my experience. <laughs> it's the best. Yeah, absolutely. It's the best. It's a blessing and a curse also. But yeah, a weekend is ideal. Three weeks weekend. and two days. That's a lot. That's a lot of time to be a, away from the one that you love. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, that's about it for me, though. Anything else? Uh, any other anecdotes? Anything else we need to report on before nope. we move into our review? Haven't touched my Pokemon game since I last talked about them on the show. Oh, right. So, yeah. I forgot you were on a, l- a little mini Pokemon that might, kick. That might be dead. That is <laughs> dead in the water. <laughs> I don't know. Those games are easy to pick back up, so maybe you'll, maybe you'll get a wild hair up your ass. It's true, but now that I beat the other one or beat the one that I was playing, what else is there to do other than start a new one? You think I'm really gonna just go catch all the Pokemon I missed? No. No, I've never been one to like catch them all. I always go into each game. It's the like, problem with fill it out. But. It's the problem with video games in general, where you're like, "Oh, on Grand Theft Auto, I'm gonna hundred percent this game after I beat it." But yeah, once right. you beat it, you're like, "I'm done." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> once you get the coolest weapons, and then you, complete you the have story. Like, you have no use to even you know use these cool weapons that you just acquired, and then you just never play it again. It's all about mm-hmm. the chase with uh, those things. <laughs> oh totally I, some people have that like completion brain where they like want to check all the boxes and do all of the things and years i have fucking time for that dude <laughs> yeah i wouldn't luck- have a job and had a fucking whole summer to just jerk it <laughs> not anymore i wish dude oh yeah those are the days i'm just proud of myself if i fucking finish a game these days like that's that's a marvel in and of itself that i actually like see credits on a video game Cause I just like, I, 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 I play a lot more. For that reason. Well, no, exactly. Like you, you have got found your niche. Your niche is Apex Legends with maybe a, you know some stuff to mix it up. But like, I start and stop like so many fucking games, probably dozens of games a year, and I finish probably two or three a year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm sick. It's got to be short and easy for me in order to finish it. Yeah, those are nice. Short and sweet. But those are f- far and few between nowadays. Mm-hmm. Everything is like fucking Assassin's Creed where it takes like 120 hours just to see the fucking main quest credits. It's insane. Don't have time for that shit. No, we do not. And we do not have time to dig deeper into that conversation. No, it's time to move <laughs> on. Let's talk about John Wick Chapter 4. What do you say? You ready to move on? Let's get it. All right. So let's go ahead and move into our featured review. We're talking the epic John Wick chapter four. 
uh, plot synopsis is John Wick uncovers a path to defeating the high table. But before he can earn his freedom, Wick must face off against a new enemy with powerful alliances across the globe and forces that turn old friends into foes. Film was directed by Chad Stahelski, a series mainstay who has directed every film. This is his baby. This is his baby. (laughs) Co-directed the first John Wick with uh, that bullet train jabroni. I can't even remember his name. Mm -hmm. Um, He did. Did he do Atomic Blonde too? That jabroni? That Mm -hmm. was him? Okay. Yeah. So Chad Stahelski has been... um, He's stuck by John Wick. Yeah, I really like Atomic Blonde for the record. Hmm. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's got a, it's got one really amazing scene in it. But anyway, we're not reviewing that here. <laughs> no, we're not. We did review it for the show, so if you're interested, check the like in back catalog. But I think we saw a uh, early screener back in the day when we that still was did back stuff when we like did that. that. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lifetime ago. <laughs> That was like two eras ago in this podcast. We've been doing yep. this for so long. But anyway, so the cast in this one, we've got a huge cast. So we've got Keanu Reeves. We've got Lawrence Fishburne, the late Lance Reddick, Ian McShane, fucking Bill Skarsgård, the legendary Donnie Yen, Hiroyuki Sonata. I mean, just a huge, huge. A who's who's of action stars. Um, So... Before we get into it, I do have to start. I need you to confirm this for me. Have we reviewed every John Wick on this show, or did the first one come out after? Or before? first one came out before. So John Wick Chapter Two was one of our early-ish episodes, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I wasn't sure on the t- of the timing on that, so I would have guessed in in our first twenty episodes. Yes, it was pretty early on. And if I not bet like we the barely, first 10. I bet we barely missed John Wick. Like, I'd have to fact check it, but I bet the first John Wick came, came out in 2014. 2014? No way. Let's see. 2014, no way, yep. Dude. What? Maybe late 2014. Oh, no, you're right. 2014. Damn. And we started the show, biased, what, dude. beginning of 2017? Yeah, so 2016, best of 2016 was our first episode. Mm, so Yeah. Yeah, John Wick Chapter 2 was one of our early episodes. Damn. So, well, so anyway, so there's a long and storied history on this show uh, mm-hmm. in our relation to John Wick. And I don't recall specific thoughts and star ratings on all of them, but generally speaking, this podcast has been a huge champion of the John Wick series. Would you agree? I would agree. You and Tom a little more than me, but mm-hmm. we are all very positive on the series as a whole. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember you in particular were starting to feel a little bit of John Wick fatigue after the third one. Is that correct? That is correct. Now, you don't have to go first, but uh, I am curious to know where you landed on this one, because this is the most John Wick we've ever gotten. I mean, this is almost three hours and that is uh, true. very much plays out like an epic conclusion without being, uh, you know, without spoilers. 
they probably will end up making more of these. I guess <clears throat> we'll have to wait and see. But it feels like a conclusive ending to this series. So um, unless you protest, um, what did you think? If you want to sure. kick things off with your initial thoughts. I will kick it off. And I think the consensus is out on this one. And I am mostly in alignment with that. Uh, it seems like everyone is loving the action, including myself. Mm. But um, there's maybe two camps where some people think it's a little long and some people think it's uh, you know just enough or can't get enough, whatever you want to say. But... They're fine with the runtime. I myself think it is a little long. I don't know if it's because I saw it late on a Friday night after a long week, but I was feeling the runtime a little bit. But I I felt this way with the last one too, even though that one's a, a bit shorter than this most recent one. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's too much of a good thing. And... Uh, as a result, it just um, g- gonna go. I think I used this when uh, we reviewed chapter three. But always go back to your dunk, dunk, dunk. I was gonna say Duncan review, <laughs> your Dunkirk <laughs> review, where you said you became numb, and I get a little numb watching the action in this in this franchise because I feel like it is a little overdone or just a little too much. Um. And then, yeah, I guess just to get all my negative stuff out of the way, I think some of the world building, while it is cool, I also just don't really care and think it just becomes a little too convoluted or just feels a little too repetitive or samey for me to care. So beyond the the runtime and just some of the, you know, maybe world building or just its length in general, I did really enjoy it i think there i mean there's some amazing action sequences probably you know mm-hmm. some franchise best sequences in this mm-hmm. uh and i'm sure we'll get into the specifics of those in a bit here a uh, couple little notes i would say uh donnie yen was a awesome addition to the franchise and mm-hmm. loved his character thought there's a lot of fun moments or just um little elements of his character since he is blind um just what they added was a lot of fun um this is getting a, a little more specific but i love the inclusion of the dragon's breath uh one of my favorite things to do in call of duty is uh to play the shipment map and uh <laughs> oh you're the, talking about the shotgun <laughs> thing yes <laughs> You equip a shotgun with dragon's breath, and uh, you go nuts. You know, you uh, you might die eighty times, but you get eighty-two kills, and it's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the the uh, overhead sequence was probably one of my favorite moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really cool, and um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess yeah, the main thing I would praise about it would be the action. Um, but yeah, overall, pretty big fan. Just, um, I kind of feel similar as I feel with the, the other installments besides maybe the first one. The first one is pretty 
bare bones revenge story, but then two, three, and four are, I mean, they're definitely elevated, especially when you compare it to the first one. And then, um, you know, I, I love all of these, these movies and I think it's a really strong franchise as a whole, but I feel like sometimes we just get a little too much or they're just, they're a little self-indulgent or a little too up their own ass with what they're doing, even though it is impressive. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, yeah. So I'll come right out and say it. I think for me personally, this might be the best movie franchise of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I say that is not to blow my load too early, but I did I did end up rating this movie five stars. And I gave every single John Wick movie five stars. Wow. And I can't think of a comparison, especially with this many entries. I mean, Lord of the Rings is the thing that comes closest because those are all five-star movies. But there's only but three then, of them. But then the Hobbit trilogy came out. Right. So it's like... Uh. So I will say I saw this movie with my dad. And this Hell is yeah. the perfect <laughs> dad movie. So just to provide a little bit of context, the last When movie, did you see it? I saw it on uh, Thursday. So like... Okay. Uh, a few days ago. Four, four or five days ago, whatever that was. Um, I saw it with my dad. And I grew up seeing movies with my dad. But as an adult, I haven't seen very many. The last movie that I took my dad to see was Arrival. Which was wow, that was what, like probably five beginning of our least. show almost. Yeah, five or six <laughs> years ago. And let me just say, my dad did not like Arrival. He uh, didn't get it. It was just too much, just too much. You know, there's hardly any action in that movie. It's emotional. It's kind of intellectual. It's too much and not enough. It's he. <laughs> depending on how you look. At he, it. <laughs> he was not a fan of Arrival, to say the least. So. Um, this is the perfect dad movie because we left the theater and we could actually talk about it. And you, what did we say? Oh, dude, that shot with the, 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 part, the part with the fire shotguns. That was crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love that part. Oh, man, with the staircase. Wasn't that staircase from The Exorcist? No, dad, that was not the staircase from oh The my Exorcist. God. But I see where you're coming from there. Uh, yeah, that scene was crazy. Oh, and the, the Asian guy? Oh, I love that Asian guy. I've seen him. He was in that movie uh, IP Man. You ever seen IP Man? Yeah, it's It Man, dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a martial arts superstar yeah i love it you know it was just, it's just a perfect dad movie we just like talked about oh, how yeah. awesome you know ran through all the greatest hits of the of the movie um so perfect perfect viewing experience but um more specifically i think as much as I love the third John Wick movie, I do think that is where it jumped the shark a little bit, where it did feel like it took the world building a little bit too seriously because it was like really lore heavy and kind of expanded the world in a way where it was like, you know, I wouldn't say it was up as a, up its own ass, but it was like, you know, trying to be interesting <laughs> on a plot level. And I think this movie is way more successful at that because it's, I mean, I'm curious if you would agree. I think it's simultaneously more epic, but simple. 
compared to the third one. Like, yes, the runtime is really long, but as far as like the world building stuff and what it's adding and his actual journey start to finish, it feels a lot simpler than what they were going for in the third one. Um, yeah, I would agree with that for the most so part. It felt like the ultimate culmination of what this series has been building up to. And I actually like that stuff. That's part of the reason why I love this series so much. Cause I don't think it takes itself very seriously. Like I think this movie fully no. acknowledges like these movies acknowledge kind of how silly and over the top they are and well, is playful. I, and I feel like this one leaned into that the most. Better than the third one. I think the second one, like, how could you not watch that shootout between John Wick and, and Common in the second movie and not oh, just, yeah. like, die laughing? Because it's just <laughs> so stupid. But the movie knows it's stupid, right? So I think the third one was maybe a, a, a little bit more serious in tone. This one was, like, it treats its characters with respect and, like, it does care about the world building but recognizes that it's ultimately pretty silly and kind of over the top Mm -hmm. like tonally i think this movie is perfect and runtime wise like i don't think i've seen a movie since i'm gonna go to the irishman a movie this long where i've like it's flown by and i haven't wanted it to end like this movie's almost three hours, and when it ended, I was like, God damn. Like, it went by faster than some 90-minute turds that I've seen. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's very mm. well-paced, especially the last hour or so. Like, once, like, the end game comes into focus, and we kind of know, like, where everything is heading, like, they really stretch. Not in a negative way, but, like... That probably is the last hour or so of the film where John Wick, there's like a final encounter that we're building toward and mm-hmm. the whole world is out to get him in a sense. It kind of fulfills on that promise of the ending of John Wick 2, you know, where he's in Central Park right. and like the world opens up and like that was like a mind blowing moment. Like I feel like this movie fulfills that promise better than the third one did. And just the action sequences, like the arc of John Wick, what they choose to do with like his character and his his choices, like pretty corny without being specific, but I loved it. I think it fit the character perfectly with what they chose to do to conclude his arc. And we got to see familiar characters. There's a couple things that I would point to that well, one in particular. Um I guess I can just get into it now. So there's one character it's the daughter of the hotel in Osaka, the like the owner of the Continental in Osaka, his daughter. Mm-hmm. I feel like they kind of were building up an arc for her and it's never complete. Was that was the the girl using the bow at the beginning? Yes, where she's like she's like the hotel concierge. And she's that in the kimono was awesome. and then and then it's like action time and she just fucking <laughs> rips off the kimono and she's in like a fucking battle suit. I was like, this is exactly why John Wick is the best movie of all time. Like just those like world building details are just like so specific and so perfect. But I feel like her character arc is basically the only one that I can think of anyway that I felt a little disappointed by. 
because she doesn't she is introduced and i thought she was a cool character yeah she, she kind of takes really, a back seat after that initial sequence you don't really see her again after you know yeah not you know i guess it's kind of a spoiler but like she but, never really comes back so that was the only thing i was a little disappointed by but everything else i thought was but she could play perfect. a bigger role in future I mean, uh, she's ripe for a spinoff. I mean, they're already doing one spinoff with fucking Anna DeArmas. So, I mean, maybe we'll have another one with her character or something. And maybe that's the intention. But that was that was literally the only thing I could point to and be like, this was a little disappointing. Everything else, absolutely loved. I was on board start to finish. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, I... Well, that might be spoilers saying that, but um, it is kind of funny how <laughs> it almost feels like we could have wrapped up John Wick's story or arc in one movie, but instead we've like stretched it out into a whole new trilogy. Like the first one was just like the the movie to sell the idea of John Wick, and then once the first one was a su- success, there's been just like a kind of like a trilogy stacked on top of that to like fully flesh out this this arc of his that gener you know originated in the first one i would agree a hundred percent two three and four very much feel like a trilogy not that the first one doesn't fit but They're it's just, just like a, it's much simpler it's like drawn a lean out mean. boss battle <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Which makes sense, you know? Like, I would kind of compare it uh, to the Raid series. Like, the jump from the Raid Redemption to the Raid 2. Like, mm-hmm. the Raid 2 was much more focused on, like, the the, the crime epic oh, story. Yeah. You know what I mean? And those movies... I think John Wick series takes a lot of cues from, from those movies. Um, I would actually... I mean, yeah, after watching Chapter 4... I really want to go back and watch the raid chapter two. Cause I've only seen it once and it was me too. back when it came out. Yeah. Me too. And I remember rewatching the raid and not having the same like reaction I did the first time. And maybe it's because I didn't see it in the theater or because we're a little bit spoiled with this style of action now. But yeah, after watching all of these John Wick movies, I really want to go back and, watch the raid too i agree i would love to do that um i'm so i am curious you mentioned it a little bit in your review but there is an element of diminishing and diminishing returns and a little bit of fatigue with the action now i didn't feel that i could watch gun (laughs) all day every day i fucking love i could watch john wick do a fucking roll and throw somebody and then shoot them in the head. Like if you could, if there was like a, like a 24 hour, like YouTube loop of just John Wick kills, I would probably just watch that all day. (laughs) There probably is one. I shouldn't say that. There probably is one already. Well, I don't know if I necessarily have a, an issue with, you know, if we were just to watch the, uh, the boner jams edition of John wick, but (laughs) it's all the surrounding stuff added to those scenes that just make it all feel like a bloated experience. Interesting. Okay. So you're saying you would trim the fat around the fight scenes. It's not the fight scenes specifically. The fight scenes could be trimmed a little, but I just think, 
it's a big ask to, you know, to, to make us watch a three hour movie. Yeah. That's fair. Especially going from, I, I had, I had thought two and three were longer than they were, but they're, the second one is two hours and the third one is, it's like two ten. You know, pretty much two hours as well. Yeah. It's just slightly over. But this next, the one we're reviewing, pushing three hours. It's a big jump, but it doesn't, I mean, it didn't feel like it to me. I mean, I can't remember if you felt like you felt the length or not, but do you think it's warranted? I mean, I know it's the the, the supposed conclusion. Do you feel like it maximized its runtime or do you feel like there was some stuff here that you would have, I think it could have done without what, what would have been cut though? I mean, you don't have to say like specifically cause we're not talking spoilers, but like what would you cut? Was there a well, character arc or like a fight scene that you would have cut? Like, I don't think you could lose anything in this movie. I don't know. I feel like you could cut an element and the, the fight scenes would still have the same impact. Or if you just like shaved a minute or two off each fight sequence, then maybe it would flow a little better. Just tighten it up a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, as much as I think you should go see this movie in the theater, I am excited to watch it at home just because you're not like tied to a movie, you know, a movie theater chair for that long. And, could take a break if you wanted to or yeah i don't know i just i mean yeah i i do really like these movies but i just with all of them except maybe the first one i just feel like sometimes it's just a little too much of a good thing yeah that's fair i just these movies are like comfort food for me you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I could, if if a John Wick movie was on TV or someone was like, oh, we should watch John Wick. Like, it doesn't matter which one. Like, I'm down. You know what I mean? Because there are movies yeah. that you can just, like, you can pick up at any point in the movie. And you know what's, you're caught up. You know what's going on. You're going to see some crazy action sequences. And Keanu, like, there's just something about what he brings to this character now that actually is a good segue and it's something that I had thought about and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on. Do you think as far as like iconic characters, is this what Keanu Reeves is going to go down for from like a pop culture perspective as we're even further removed from the matrix? Or do you think that like, cause it's kind of a similar thing. They're very different actors well, actually, maybe there's more similarities than I think. Harrison Ford, like, he's got Indiana Jones and he's got Han Solo, right? Mm-hmm. He was in a ton of other movies, but, like, he's Indiana Jones and he's Han But Solo. those were right around the same time period, right? Relatively, yeah. I mean, they were, you know, late 70s, uh, early to, you know. I mean, the last Indiana Jones movie, not even the last one, fucking, Last Crusade came out in the 80s. They made another one, and they're going to make yet another Indiana Jones. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, those, like, two iconic characters. It's hard to say. Just, well, I don't know. They, I mean, it is a great example, but they kind of go hand in hand. You personally, I mean, I feel like you would say you would still associate Keanu with, with Neo. Yes? 
Or do you uh, think at this point he's more closely associated with John Wick? It's hard to say. I feel like The Matrix made a bigger cultural cultural impact, but I also feel like The Matrix has more issues and isn't as beloved as we may remember it or, you know, like its track record isn't as solid as John Wick. Right. There's the recency bias too, which is a factor. And yeah, newer generations, you know, they probably haven't even seen the Matrix movies. So if you like view it from like a younger audience, then maybe John Wick is like, John Wick is in Fortnite, right? But Mm -hmm. I don't think we have Neo in Fortnite. We do not. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why it's hard to say. Like, I think this would be an interesting conversation to have 10 years from now. Because I do kind of feel like John Wick is going to be the one that remains in the the cultural lexicon. The first Matrix movie could be considered for like a top 100 or top 250 films of all time. Just for like what it did, you know, for its time or just like the impact it's it's made on action movies or like the sci-fi genre right where versus like, john wick one two three and four which i could don't know all be we, contenders for the top 250 of all time i don't know if I that's was what you were getting at right there. no that's not where you're going with that well <laughs> i i definitely think there's a case for it i just think if you if you take the first matrix and put it up against any of the john wick movies it would come out just, on top but yeah, all of the it other just leaves Matrix a bigger movies. cultural footprint. Yes. I think that's kind of where I'm at, too. And I, like I said, it's, there's the recency bias thing. We'll have to kind of wait and see what the legacy. It, it might be a little both are. where, you know, the first Matrix movie will always have its place. But then the character John Wick, like, su- succeeds or supersedes um, the character of Neo. Well, one thing I'm interesting to see... And maybe this is a conversation we can have right here real quick is the lasting impact as far as influence, because I kind of think there's a case to be made that John Wick has already had a bigger influence on the landscape of film as far as like John Wick copycats. There have been a lot of them, it feels like, since the first one came out. Who has really tried to copy The Matrix? You know what I mean? Like maybe that's a case for the matrix. (laughs) Maybe that's a case for the matrix being like a more lasting film, but like, like nobody, for example, that is kind of across the board viewed as, but wasn't that by the same, uh, production company or there was some sort of tie in. I think there might've been a producer who was involved or something like they, they definitely had that like well, from the studio that brought you John Wicker or and atomic blonde and atomic blonde. But you have, you have the direct connection there with uh, whatever that jabroni's name is. I don't David Leach, David Leach, yep. David Leach. But there's like several films that you could point to as being like, a, if not a ripoff directly inspired, but specifically with the nobody connection, I was curious if you thought the character in John Wick Chapter 4, who's referred to as Nobody... Mr. Nobody? <laughs> ...was maybe some sort of reference to Nobody, because in my eyes, that's a character who they like build up the Mr. Nobody thing, but kind of ends up being irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. Like, was that maybe yeah, some he just sort seems of commentary? Like a f- 
It was like a fun little add-on character. Yeah, I enjoyed his character. I liked when he popped up. Like, I liked what it added to the film, but ultimately, like, it doesn't matter. His character doesn't matter. It seemed intentional to me anyway. I don't know if you thought that at all. Uh, did not I haven't really seen Nobody, so it's hard to say. I but. did not like Nobody, but I've kind of soured on... Well, I don't know if I want to be on public record for this, but <laughs> I loved Bob Odenkirk when he became popular from the Breaking Bad series, but now that everyone loves Bob Odenkirk, I'm less on the Bob Odenkirk train these days, just because... Like, he's great, but I also just feel like it's almost like I feel a lot of uh, celebrities or actors deal with this thing where, like, once you get too much of them, it just, like, again, it's, like, too much of a good thing, and then you start to, like, resent them or dislike them for just, like, always being the same thing. Like, you could even say that about, like, The Rock or even, like, um, yeah. Like Zach Galifianakis is a great example. <laughs> like everyone loved him after the hangover, but then he was like, you know, the star of every comedy and then everyone got kind of tired of his shit. Melissa McCarthy. We, I mean, it happens a lot more, I think with comedy than like say just like normal performances or, but um, even like uh, Tracy Letts, I feel like sometimes he's a little too typecast where it's like, okay, can we like find anyone else to do this role other than this guy or Bob Odenkirk? You fucking hate Tracy Letts, dude. <laughs> Anytime he pops up in a movie, you're like, I'm fucking sick of this guy, man. Like the second time you saw him, you were like, fucking Tracy Letts, man. Get this guy out of my movies. He's in every movie, dude. <laughs> well, so Bob Odenkirk is interesting because I like I don't feel that way like he's been i mean he was in little women and he Mm -hmm. felt maybe it's just because he's so closely associated with the saul goodman character that it just is jarring when he tries to do anything else that it feels like he's everywhere but i feel like his filmography is not that deep like bob onker hasn't been that much i don't know there's just certain (laughs) Certain actors that get typecast or like just get overexposed, and then I just want to turn on them. Interesting. Well, so have you seen? Like, Bob I'm Odenkirk? I'm ready to I'm ready to turn on Pedro Pascal. We already talked oh, no, about no, 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 Jenna no. Ortega. No, no, no. All no, these no. fucking national treasures. <laughs> you cannot and will not turn on Pedro Pascal because he is. He's the best. Now, I know you're not the biggest fan of the show, but have you seen the uh, I Think You Should Leave skit that uh, Bob Odenkirk is in? I have not. Oh, my God. It's. <laughs> I don't think I have, at least. It's very Although, funny. I did recently watch uh, the, the skit where they he goes to the haunted house, and <laughs> he's like, and it's the adult hour, so we can say whatever the hell we want. And then he's like, <laughs> the big fat load of cum. <laughs> these fuckers. <laughs> do any of these fuckers ever just fall out of the ceiling and just like drop a, a fucking fat load of cum? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's well, one of the best, one of the best skits. I show. love the, uh, the TikTok template 
where it's Tim Robinson. You sure about that? Are, Are you sure, sure about, about that? that? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the 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 TikToks of um the one where he's like uh he's driving a car and the guy is like honking the horn. He's like, "What are you doing? Don't you know how to drive?" And he like rolls down his window and he's like, "No, I don't and I'm fucking scared." <laughs> no. But I think I think my friend was telling me about that scare. <laughs> uh, we were talking about the show over the weekend. Yeah, he is just like yeah. There's people are making bunk, bumper stickers about it. Like, no, I don't know how to fucking drive. Driving isn't <laughs> the only thing. Is I think the the bumper sticker, dude. You would love. There's this. I need to you give need that to show. Fucking show, dude. I know. I need to give another chance. There's a skit where a guy has a, a bumper sticker on his car that says "Honk if you're horny," <laughs> and a guy sees that in traffic <laughs> and just he follows him all across the city and just slams on the fucking. <laughs> horn everywhere the guy goes and he's just like banging his head on the steering wheel like absolutely <laughs> losing his mind <laughs> that is right up your alley dude oh man all right this is a bit of a tangent let's we went from bob odenkirk to i think you should leave which is one mm-hmm. of the great comedies of all time but let's circle <laughs> back so john wick chapter four um i think we're ready for closing thoughts now yeah uh masterpiece mm. end of review <laughs> a bloated masterpiece sure no dude it's epic fully warrants the running time no wasted moments i did really like the um one of the opening action sequences though with the the bow and arrows i don't know if we mentioned that specifically but uh adding mm-hmm bow and arrows to the john wick franchise was a a nice addition that was a good choice and the nunchucks the nunchucks were huge nunchuck sequence was awesome also nunchucks the roundabout sequence probably one of the oh man the, the main highlights of the uh the film yes that was big that that in the as you called it the dragon's <clears throat> breath guns oh yeah that and then the roundabout uh it's, it's called like the trump trump de monde or something in france like the roundabout well, thing there was was pretty my huge. favorite Using cars. Yes, one of my favorite things of this franchise was the opening of John Wick Chapter Two with all the car stuff. So to see yes some <laughs> of that car stuff return in this one, big fan. That was huge, and I also love that. I mean, I mentioned it earlier, but the movie doesn't take itself too seriously. One of my favorite moments was towards the end of the film. With those stairs, the sequence that I I mentioned that my mm-hmm. dad, my dad fucking he he made several comments when the movie was <laughs> happening that were kind of cringe, and I was like, God, Dad, shut up! Like just <laughs> just watch the movie. But one of them was when they when we first saw those stairs, he just he just leaned over and he went The Exorcist, and I leaned over and I went No, no Dad, not The Exorcist. <laughs> and he, he didn't respond to it, but I was like, No, Dad, just. <laughs> But that sequence where he gets to the top of the stairs and then gets basically mm-hmm. kicked and then he fucking rolls all the way down to the bottom. That was played for laughs. It was that played was pr- for laughs. But it's good. good. Like I love the sense of humor. But then you have an awesome action sequence where then Donnie Yen shows up and he's like, dude, we're we're getting there. We're fucking doing this thing. And then it happens. I don't want to have a spoiler section, but I do real quick want to hear your thoughts on the final we'll, we'll call it the final boss battle the uh 
the last the sun the sun up the standoff the standoff the old western spaghetti western standoff oh definitely getting some western vibes i mean the music (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean clearly it's a sun up it's not high noon but it's fucking you know might as well be sunrise yeah (laughs) but yes the duel the walk 30 paces so i don't want to i don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it but what did you think of the way that that kind of end sequence was handled did it work for you uh, yeah, ultimately it did. Um, I liked how, you know, we had been through so much in the movie, just like balls to the wall action. And then for the finale, they just decided to just like slow it down and have this like theatrical like standoff between the two like juggernauts of the movie. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I thought the ending worked thematically i think it worked like i Mm -hmm. don't think there was any other way they could have concluded his arc john wick's arc i mean like all of the shit this guy fucking went through through this series like i don't think you could have ended this any other way like again i I, i'm not going to be specific i'm kind of dancing around it but i don't think there was any other way that they could have closed this out and i I hope they don't try and retcon it and try yeah, to bring curious, the character back. Curious like, what's next. Cause I, 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 yeah, I don't know the direction of the character, but it does seem like it seems will, conclusive, right? Like, yeah, but I feel like we'll get something in some capacity. If they want to bring him back or like in like a, a Yoda type, like astral projection, <laughs> like talking to, you know, a fucking Padawan type of thing. Sure. But I feel like this was about as perfect of an ending that they could have come up with. Maybe a little generic. Generic's not the right word. I mean, it's it's clearly drawing from lots of different inspirations. Like a lot of people have, ca- have like called this movie a spaghetti western. I don't think that's really accurate. Other than you know the final standoff sequence. It has some I elements. I mean, even the Mister Nobody character feels like something out of a western. Yeah. It does. But I think through and through, the reason why this movie is so good is it feels at the end of the day like a John Wick movie. Like, you can't really compare it to anything else. Yeah, there are lots of influences that the series has drawn on. And it's gone out of its way to, like, incorporate, like, action stars, stunt stars from the years. But, like, through and through... John Wick Chapter 4 feels like a John Wick movie. And I don't mm-hmm. think it's attempting to be anything other than a John Wick movie. And I think that's part of what I admire so much is just like the singular vision of the series. It just they fucking nailed it. Like it's everything that I want in a movie. Well, not everything. This type of movie. It's everything that I want. And like I'm going to fuck I'm going to rewatch these movies like until the day I die. I'm going to fucking, when they have the 40-year anniversary, I'm going to take my kid to go <laughs> see John Wick, and I'm going to dad out and be like, Dragon's Breath? You, you know Call of Duty is, son? You, 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 <laughs> Dragon's Breath shotguns? It's just like that. <laughs> and it's going to be huge, and I can't wait. Yeah, but there'll be virtual reality stuff that just blows this shit out of the water here in a bit. 
Eh, just, uh, well, the world's going to be over by your, the time your kid my won't kids care. are that age. Yeah. <laughs> well, they won't. They'll be lucky if they fucking have clean water to drink. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, Fair we enough. We have fun. We have fun on the show. Um. All right. Anything else we want to say about John Wick? Well, uh, yeah. I, I do think just um, this franchise as a whole is very strong. And then even trying to compare one from the other, it's really hard to like pick a favorite or even like rate them against each other. They're just, I mean, you have nothing but praise to give these movies, but you know, for me personally, they're like very good at what they are are trying to do and, you know, accomplish and all that. And um, yeah, it's, it's hard to pick a favorite. They're just like, you know, if you like one, I feel like you like them all. Now, real quick, I will challenge you on the spot to rank them, if you would indulge me. I know, you know, this is, you know, we just saw it, so maybe time will change. Your it is really hard it, to rank them. Right, because they're, you know, they're all great movies, but. Like, do you give the first one bonus points for being a little more simple, or do you compare it to the rest and say, you know, it's just not quite on the level of two three and four i don't i'm in the latter camp i love the first one but i think that it it walks everything so the rest improved. of the franchise could run so i currently <laughs> I'll, I'll go first because i think presently i would go i think i would go two four two's your one, favorite three i think two is my favorite Oh, weird, because I was going to say two's my favorite, but I thought that that would be blasphemy. No, no. I think two, I think three's my least favorite, although I've only seen it the one time. I did buy it on 4K, and I have yet to rewatch it. So two. Three is rad, though. I mean, like, you can't take away from it. Well, you probably gave it five, so you're not taking it away from it. These are four (laughs) five-star movies, so it's like, but I do think two is my favorite. I think it has some of the most memorable action. I think mm-hmm. it 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 opens up the world, but it's still like a lean, mean action film. I think three it maybe overextended itself a little bit, but I still love it. So I think time it will added tell. the, the parabellum to, to its title. Oh, completely fucked the the naming convention. Like what yeah. what even is parabellum? How is that relevant to the series? Lose, loses you know? points for that. I don't know. I do not. <laughs> yeah, I don't fucking know, dude. It's just like they should have just dropped the subtitle, but anyway, that's a different conversation. But I think at present time I would go two four one three, I think is how I drank the series. Two four one three? Yeah. I think that's where I'm at right now. Honestly, I'm mm, I'm probably right there with you. I might go two four three one though, just because the action, wow, man. the action in two, three, and four are just insane. I mean, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> there, there is something to say about the simplicity of one, though. I mean, you brought it yes. up, but like, I mean, that first shootout sequence in his house is so good. Like, we've never seen. I mean, that's 
Uh, the, it didn't introduce the world to Gunkata, but like the first time you see John Wick fucking rolling around, like doing headshots and like the judo stuff, like there's something to be said about like the impact. Yeah, but like that. the knife throwing sequence at the beginning of three and like um, the motorcycle sequence in three. Oh, the horse? Did you love the, the horse, horse stuff in yes. three? <laughs> that stuff's great. Uh, yeah. When that like fucking like covert op team comes in and it's like just all lit by like green lighting you know what i'm talking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. Uh, yeah it's just there's so much good action in this franchise. the whole the whole <laughs> franchise although i think my if i had to pick like a favorite sequence in the series i think i would probably still go the catacombs sequence into hmm. like there's that whole like the whole dance party thing where the band is playing and you have the rave stuff and then he goes down into the catacombs where he's like hitting the the guns and it's like there were some good uh club rave stuff in chapter four in chapter four yes and the waterfall stuff mm-hmm. oh we didn't even talk about it with the poker scene poker scene was was huge was i love the poker yeah. scene with that fucking cartoon character whatever that guy was the, <laughs> the mob boss that he's he's out there to to take out scott adkins in the fat suit yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> love that sequence and how it brought those characters together in that moment yeah just, oh, just amazing amazing series we're blessed we are we are blessed all right you want to drop stars uh sure you said you're five five, right five how i can't i can't think of another series that's all five star movies at least i'm in between a four and a four and a half i think i'm gonna go i'm thinking gotta go 4.5 dude you can't go four (laughs) come on after all that it yeah it i think time will be kind to it you know we will look back on these movies and really appreciate what they are and um I'm really excited to rewatch it at some point. Yeah, I definitely once the 4K From the drops. Couch. Once the 4K drops, I got to do a, a start to finish rewatch. The whole probably in one day maybe, do like a That would be fun. Chapter 1 to chapter 4. I haven't seen the first one in a long time. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen the first one. It's going to be huge. Someday. But anyway, all right. Cool. That's going to do it for John Wick chapter 4. Let's go ahead and move on to what we've been watching. Um, how much do you have? I've got uh, four or five. That I'll I talk have like about. a couple TV shows I could talk about and um, a couple movies, but not much, to be honest. Well, I'll, let me start things off. So I am happy to report that Movie watching wise, I have watched nothing but bangers since the last time that we recorded. I have four movies, three new watches, one rewatch. I'll start with this and then I'll let you I'll let you go. But I I have watched Streetwise, which I know you have Mm. seen. Mm -hmm. I bought the Criterion. That was a first time watch. It was a first time watch. Yeah, I bought the Criterion like a year or two ago and that's, decided that's to a movie you definitely want to just like 
pop on every you know month or so. Yeah, <laughs> the rewatchability on this yeah. thing is insane, <laughs> dude. So good thing you you bought it. <laughs> <laughs> but I like this is a movie that I would want to show people though. To be fair, yeah, like, I'm I will watch it at least one more time because I want to show it to Haley. Um. You did talk about this on the show at one point when you watched mm-hmm. it. I don't remember how long ago it was, but um, maybe like a year ago or so. So, let's for see. Those, Letterboxd will tell me. Yeah, you can get the 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 date watch. I wa- Oh, <laughs> what more than what, we're talking like three or four years ago? November twenty twenty. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> Time flies, <laughs> dude. That doesn't feel like that. Simultaneously feels like a lifetime ago and like yesterday. Yeah, because that was like peak pandemic. Hmm. Damn. Okay. So it's been a while, but so for those who aren't so this was familiar, one of the few criterions that you brought down to watch and actually did watch. This was on the pile. Yes. Okay. This was one of two. One of two in my pile of like okay. nine that I watch. Um. So for those who aren't familiar, Streetwise is a documentary. Uh, released in 1984 that actually takes place on the streets of Seattle, specifically like downtown Seattle. So it follows uh, teenagers like living on the streets. So homeless teenagers in the early 80s that is based on like a magazine article. So I guess there were, I don't know what magazine it was. I don't know if it was time magazine or what it was, but there was some sort of magazine article that came out that followed. Uh, her name is tiny. She's like kind of the main character at the documentary, but there's, there's several, um, but it got turned into a full fledged documentary and it just follows these like people who are struggling to get by and living on the streets. But it is, absolutely i would put this probably like top five documentaries i've ever seen like it's so well constructed the world feels so lived in like i felt like i was in seattle on the streets with these people you know what i mean in the 80s in the 80s like you get so many different perspectives the characters are so strong like the movie returns to these character threads and you really feel like you get to know these people it's just so tragic like there's so much trauma that these kids have experienced in their lives and there's one character in particular that like kind of like hit me like a ton of bricks um I can't, oh God, I can't remember the kid's name, but it's the kid who, his father is in prison and he has a scene where he is like talking to his dad in jail and his dad goes on like a little speech where he's like, you're a smart kid. Don't end up like me. Like you need to get your life straightened out, blah, blah, blah. And just like ultimately what happens to that individual is just so like heart wrenching and like the way they tie it into the greater theme of the film is just so beautiful. Like it's just like a masterfully edited and presented film. And it really does just feel like a slice of life 
taken directly out of like Reagan's America in the mid eighties. Just, and also just like as someone who is, has like grown up in Washington and has spent a lot of time in that area of Seattle, just like seeing the landmarks, seeing how much things have changed, but also haven't changed. You know what I mean? Like, well, it's pretty rare that we get a film shot in like proper Seattle. Right. It's not super common that you see it. So for there to be so many recognizable landmarks, but also to recognize that like not a whole lot has changed. Like downtown is still very much like it's like this, you know, it's where the people who are panhandling and kind of living on the fringes, unhoused people like congregate. It's not a whole lot has changed. Mm -hmm. They still frequent the same areas. You know what I mean? Like they're still in Pike's place. They specifically name drop Pine Street and Pike Street. Like, not a whole lot has changed, even though this is set f- at this point forty years ago. You know, so I was um, very struck by it, very moved by it, and um, absolutely loved it. So that was that was a big one of the many bangers. Uh, I just I thought cinema Beautiful. was dead, but I think I'm just you know. I don't have time. If you're not a banger, go fuck yourself. I only have time for bangers at this point. You know what I mean? That's a tough road, though. Bangers Once you go only. down that road, once you go down that road where you can't be satisfied unless it's amazing. But there's so many movies that I've been saying that I should watch that I haven't watched. Like, I so, could do bangers only for at least a year. So I think. what you're saying is you just need to pick better stuff. I need to not. <laughs> you need to be have, a little more strict with your picks. I need to be more. I need to put my foot down when a certain somebody wants to watch Damn. like the latest uh, young adult rom com that Netflix puts on its fucking trash service. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like Hulu trash. Like I just need to put my foot down and be like, "Babe, unnamed nah, babe, dog. unnamed we got, babe." We got one car wide watch. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Wong Kar Wai. I've only seen Chung King Express (laughs) once. We need to get that in there. I need to watch all of fucking uh, Akira Kurosawa's films. I bought Rashomon on the latest uh, the latest uh, Criterion flash sale. Never seen Rashomon. That was on the pile of unwatched shit that I didn't watch. You know what I mean? So anyway, bangers only from here on out. That's my vow. I love to hear it. So. Hope you stay true to that. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. <laughs> you know what, fucking Trey, uh, my friend Trey was just visiting. You know he was dead oh, set God. on us watching last night. Let's hear it. He really wanted to watch the Tetris movie. That's all he wanted to of watch was that did. Tetris movie, and I was like, Ugh. I mean, it seems fine, but I've heard very mixed things. Like, I don't have a lot of time, Trey. Like, that's a great example of. Um, Something you should skip in favor of, you know, the Rashomons and the uh, In Mood for Love. The Tokyo stories. Yes. uh... (laughs) I mean, we're not getting any younger, so those movies are only getting older. You got to pull the trigger. This is the year that I pull the trigger on the backlog. And there's going to be 12 more Tetrises, so how are you going to spend your time? Exactly. It's the real question. The fucking Donkey Kong Jr. film is probably already in development in Netflix, you know? Fucking. Well, the Mario Brothers movie is going to be huge. 
It's already huge. Dude. Well, it is huge, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably gonna see that with my nephew this weekend. He's a big Mario head. Big. Sweet. He's he's so excited to see it, and I'm we kind of excited. It. But we were supposed to see it with Chelsea's nephew, but I guess he got an opportunity to see it without us, and <laughs> he took it. So that fucker. Chelsea and I will be seeing it by ourselves. We'll, I'm, I'm sure we'll 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 talk about it the next time we record. I'm sure. But anyway, I will hand the floor to you, sir. What's been going All on? Right. What have you been watching? Um, I'll start with movies first. I watched Knock at the Cabin, the newest mm. M Night movie. Mm-hmm. It's uh, streaming on Peacock these days. Oh shit! Here. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh man, I'll have to watch that with Haley. Like. I was going to tell you to watch it to maybe talk about it together, but then by the time I was going to tell you, it's going to put you in a tight window, so I just decided (laughs) not to. Was that like this afternoon? You were like, dog, I watched uh, Knock at the Cabin. Well, it was when we were going to record on Saturday. I was going to tell you Friday, and I was like, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have had the time unless I convinced Trey to watch uh, Knock at the Cabin. (laughs) But um, overall, I, I did like it. Um, I think there's some strong performances, mainly by um, Dave Bautista, and um, I really like the premise, and uh, it doesn't really waste much of its time, which I appreciated. Um, I do feel like it is a little predictable or could have played with the idea a little more. It just seems like it gets wrapped up a little too neatly and quickly, but... Um, I did overall like it quite a bit. I think it's just like very entertaining and kind of like in the same realm as signs, just maybe not as iconic and memorable as signs, but, um, like, yeah, quality wise, it's probably right around there. Maybe a a little lesser. Interesting. Okay. So you would say you like it more than old then is what you're saying. I have not seen old. What? Nope. I thought we. I would have. If you had asked me, I would have said we reviewed that on this show. Definitely <laughs> did not do that, and have not seen old yet. Fuck, that's a that movie is a trip, dude. I wouldn't call Sounds it a like, good movie, but it's a trip. <laughs> you could probably say that camp, about all of his movies. Falls in that camp that we just talked about watching less of. <laughs> Uh, this is M Night we're talking about, but it's here. M Night, dog. Yeah, it's <laughs> iconic, dude. Interesting. Uh, I did like the camera work, though. Uh, I think, I mean, I, yeah, he's somewhat known for his camera work, right? Some of his shots, and someone say that's one of the only things that he's good at. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess just some of the like the pans and some of the framing, I thought was really well done in this. Um, you'll have to see it for yourself, though. Yes, I will report back. I will watch that. Hopefully before the next time we record. Especially now that I know that's on Peacock. Uh, other movie I watched real quick that I'll talk about is Existence. <laughs> Was this a first time watch for you? First time watch. Oh, buddy. Can't wait. Uh, it's. A, I mean, it's a weird one. Cronenberg <laughs> is, is known for... I mean, it's for, Cronenberg, dog. Come on. Is known for that. Mm-hmm. It was not my favorite, though. Ooh. I did ultimately like it. I mean, there's some great moments in it, and I think there's some interesting ideas. But 
it's hard to watch it and not feel like it could be done better, especially these days. Now that like video games are much like a much bigger part of our culture and um, just video games in general have expanded quite a bit since this movie was made. It also feels like Cronenberg has maybe never played a video game before, but is was just interested in the idea of <laughs> like centering his movie around a, a video game idea. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the part of the allure. The charm. It, it, it does feel like a movie made by a guy who has never played a video game in his life, but <laughs> is fascinated by the idea of it. And I think, I, I don't think you could make this movie now it's in the current culture where video games are like, so like omnipresent and such a, mm-hmm. like a cultural thing. Like it's not an underground, like obscure thing at this point. Like it's a multi bill. It's one of the big, biggest industries in the world. I don't think you could make this movie now. Like, I think that's part of the reason why it's so interesting to me because it's just like kind of crazy. It's like a crazy person's version of like the future of video games. It, but it's it's so Cronenberg. Yeah, like, I the guess the design yeah, of it, you know, the, like, the thoughts and ideas the, in this movie are a little like a little really too stale sense. at this point. Well, yeah, and just. To like equate it to today's climate, it just maybe doesn't. Yeah, I. It's like we've already had those thoughts or those ideas have already been presented. So trying to like rehash them again, I don't know if that would make total sense. But it, yeah, it is definitely a weird movie. There's. <laughs> Dude, like, those controllers, quote unquote controllers, are gnarly just like the fleshy like it's so weird it's so crazy you can never make this movie now oh and then even the gun made out of like bone and teeth yeah it's it's so crazy oh my god yeah this is a movie i haven't seen in a long time so i I actually not 100 percent sure how it holds up because it's probably been over 10 years since i've seen it but there's a lot going on Definitely. Uh, yeah, I think I ultimately liked it, but I did not love it. Um, but it, it would be one I would be curious to go back to at some point. Interesting. Okay. Me too. I'm. Uh, it's one that I have been wanting to revisit. Of Cronenberg's films, I think it's one that's ripe for a rewatch for me. In his oeuvre. What was that one uh, video game movie with? Well, it's kind of a spoiler. The Matthew McConaughey movie. Oh my god, dude! Serenity. Yeah, <laughs> that movie is absolute dog <laughs> shit. It oh did give me a little bit of uh, Serenity what? vibes. Oh, no. Yeah, when that movie the, ended. Like, well, just some of the integrated, like, uh, not like world building, but like. In Existence, they play with like the, you know, the real world and like the game world, right? And it's it's almost I mean it is kind of like played for laughs in some instances where everything has like a generic name, but they're you know quote unquote, it, well it's as if they're in the real world even though they're in the game world, but right. um, there's just some like. I guess like meta elements that kind of reminded me of Serenity 
because at one point there's a character in Serenity that like basically explains it's like one of those characters in a game that you would come across like an NPC what's going on yeah (laughs) (laughs) well at least it's accurate to the uh, the form that it's trying to emulate having fucking nonsense characters that just like talk plot at you well yeah and how how they can get stuck in a loop Mm -hmm. you know like you have to say the right thing in order to like progress the progress conversation it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's clever it's a clever movie doesn't necessarily feel accurate to the path that uh video games ultimately ended up taking but you know at least it's a unique vision that's definitely for sure that is cronenberg for you oh yeah. unique visionary vision. <laughs> maybe our most visionary canadian not a whole lot of those running around no. Um, sorry with the Canadian slander. My apologies to our Canadian listeners. Um, you mind if I go next? Go for it. I uh, just keep the banger streak going. Another criterion, the other criterion actually that I pulled from my shelf that I ended up watching was Still Walking, the Hirokazu Koreeda, my guy. Uh, moving slowly, moving through his filmography, as I'm realizing he is arguably my favorite filmmaker. You still um, got to catch a uh, broker from last yeah. year, the movie that just kind of came and went. It, people, people barely talked about it when it happened. They're not talking about it now, but it seemed like the people who saw it liked it. So it's, I don't mm-hmm. know. Verdict's not out on that one, but I feel like I'd probably love it based on what I've heard about it. But it's not streaming yet. Or if it is, I have You got to pay. I'll pay. Well, I might wait. <laughs> At this point, I might wait. But anyway, I already paid for the criterion of Still Walking, which mm-hmm. is, this is now my fourth Corey Ida film. So I've seen Nobody Knows, Shoplifters, Afterlife, and, Afterlife. and now this one. So those three movies that I just named are all five bangers, all incredible some of my favorite movies still walking i ultimately gave a four and a half so still a banger but i would say a step below the others and it's about a family that is having like a reunion because there is a son in the family who passed away a long time ago and they're like commemorating his passing. So every year the family gets together and the movie is about just like family dynamics. So uh, the main character's relationship to his father plays a big part in the film and uh, his sister is kind of like the happy go lucky, like icebreaker character who was like wanting to, you know, keep things light and crack a joke and make things, everything happy-go-lucky. And it's a movie that definitely takes its time. There's not a lot that happens. It's a lot of looks, a lot of side conversations, a lot of implied history that's going on here. Um, You know, a lot of uncomfortable pauses that are happening where you're kind of filling in the blanks as far as the family history. But... Um, I thought it was very well done. I love the way that he films 
like from a camera perspective, just the way he directs scenes. It's not a lot of camera movement. It's a lot of just letting the characters do their thing in the frame and kind of exploring the the character dynamic, which I love so much. But outside of a couple scenes, um, didn't have the emotional impact that his other films that I've seen kind of had on me. Um, but well, I really liked it overall. It just didn't really hit as hard as the others. So that's why I went with four and a half stars compared to five for the others. Wow. The, um, so three of the four films you've seen of his are in the letterbox top two fifty. Did you know that? I did not. Is it the three that I said, or is this shoplifters is two Oh one. Nobody knows is one forty four and still oh, walking is one sixty one. Interesting, but afterlife isn't in there. Afterlife is not in there. Interesting. Okay, I do see that it's his fourth most popular. Like as far as like when you go to a still walking filmography. Yeah, I think afterlife mm-hmm. is the fourth. No, afterlife is the fourth most popular. It it goes shoplifters broker. Uh, no, my, mine goes still walking afterlife. Mine goes no. shoplifters broker. Nobody knows still walking afterlife. Oh yes, sorry, sorry. That's what I meant. So those three. Yeah, are, yeah, 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 you're yeah. saying you're saying shoplifters. Nobody knows. And still and walking are in the top two fifty. Okay, but, bro- but broker, broker is not and afterlife and is not afterlife or not. Okay, yes. So he's he's an all timer, dude. You got When are you gonna get on the Koreeda train? Have you seen any uh, of them besides? Shoplifters? I think the only one I've seen is Shoplifters. Yeah. God damn, dog! You gotta get in here. Get, get in, in while the getting's good. <laughs> I'm gonna be watching uh, Like Father, Like Son. I think is the next one on my list. I do remember his movie After the Storm making a splash when it came out. I think it was maybe foreign language nominated or something. Yeah. Poster looks familiar. That was the movie he made right before Shoplifters, I think, right? That was in 2016. So, yeah, well, probably. must have been, yeah. Because Shoplifters was right 2018. Mm-hmm. If I were to watch one, it would probably be Nobody Knows. That is my favorite. So Based I would recommend. your recommendation and... It's the highest of the three. On the, the letterbox, top 250. Top yeah. yeah, that movie's a heart wrencher. Um, but anyway, so Still Walking, I really enjoyed. He's definitely a filmmaker that is, like, big for me. Like, it has got to be in maybe not quite the Mount Rushmore yet, but he's getting there. So I, I'm excited to keep working through his filmography. But um, that was Still Walking. Um, there's only two others that I'll talk about, so I don't know how much you got left. Uh, I was mainly probably going to talk about TV for a little bit. That's about it. Let's hear the TV hour. It's rare that you right. uh, feel inclined to talk about TV. On that is true. So I am curious. What did uh, what's been going on? What have you been watching? Well, uh, Chelsea and I just finished The Bear season one. Huge. I- can't remember if you watched that or not i did yep loved it okay it was good um just visited chicago recently so it was cool seeing um seeing some of the streets and stuff 
felt like I was there again. But uh, yeah, I just uh, I really like the the characters, and then um, I think people have already said this before, so nothing new here. But it does have that like that stress, like tension kind of vibe that like uh, Shiva Baby or the Safety Brothers stuff has, where something's always going wrong, but the the characters somehow always you know prevail or find find a way through. But um. Yeah, and then just I, I think just centering it in like the uh, like kitchen world is a lot of fun. Get some a uh, little bit of food porn. Could maybe use a little more food porn in the series, but uh, I'm excited for season two. I think season one left on a high note. Got you excited for an, the next season. There's just yeah. so much bad that happens in season one that you're just hoping for a little relief. Right. I think we're getting you want there. things to go well for these characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, overall, f- fun show. Excited for season two. I think it's coming up around the corner, right? I think so. I think they f- they they filmed it. I don't know when the planned release date is, but it was about a year ago now. I feel like the the bear was the first season I, came out. So I want to yeah, I want to say. Like in, in the next month or so, it should premiere, but I'm not 100% oh, sure. Interesting. Okay. And then I I don't remember where I left off when I started Twin Peaks back in the day, but uh, giving it another go. So I'm watching season one right now, about halfway through. And uh, the goal <laughs> is to get through season one and two so I can watch The Return. Because I'm very curious about the return. the The main reason for starting this rewatch back up, or re- watch, I guess I should say, because I haven't seen the whole series in full, is I uh, bought some Twin Peaks merch from Holy Mountain, so I just feel like a total poser. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want Without people to call you out on it and be like, exactly. "Well, actually, I've only seen the first half of season one." Uh, Exactly. I just like beer. Uh, <laughs> you gotta, you, yeah. You gotta I have do your my crap. homework a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I'm still, I still feel the same way I did when I was watching it. Whenever I was watching it, probably a few years ago. I, I, I like it, but I just, I guess, I just don't see like why people are or were so obsessed with it. But maybe it was just a different time or era because TV back then isn't quite what it is now. I mean, there's just so much mm-hmm. more competition. We've kind of seen it all before. Twin Peaks seems like it kind of came out of nowhere. And while it was kind of playing on the like the soap opera shows of, of its time, it like it had that mystery element, the like the week by week thing that people love about or did love about television and then just like the world building and some of the, like the character dynamics. It's a, it's a very quirky show and it's, it has a lot of those like David Lynch elements that people have like grown to love. So I can get it from that aspect, but like just watching it, I don't know if I like, would view it as like one of the best shows ever. And I've heard that season two is kind of a mess. Like 
some people like it. Some people like the first half and it sounds like this, the second season is a bit of a mess, but I've, I've just heard such great things about the show in general. And then also mainly about the return. Like when the return came out, people talked about it. Like it was like the best thing that ever happened to like film or TV. So trying to get there, but I've, I got to get through the weeds and um, finish season one and get through season two. Now don't fall victim to what happened to me because it sounds like I actually like season one more than you. Cause I love season. Like I think season one of twin peaks is awesome. I had no problem getting through it. I thought it was great. Season two uh, is kind of dog shit and very boring <laughs> And makes no sense and is annoying. So I stopped watching it. And it's the reason why I haven't watched The Return, even though I have owned it for years now. Hmm. Because I feel like I should finish season two, but don't want to. <laughs> so don't let that stop you. Like my there advice could be to you, a, a YouTube video that, that bridges the gap for you. Exactly. I think you should try. I think you should try to watch season two. But if you feel the same way that I felt where you just lose interest, because there's a lot of episodes in season two also is kind of mm -hmm. the problem. So if you run into the same problem that I did, which is where you just you lose interest, uh, I would recommend going the YouTube video route, which I have not done yet, because um, I've been thinking about watching The Return just saying fuck it and watching it, but I haven't pulled the trigger yet. So maybe we should do it together. You should let me know, like whatever your journey is, whether you finish season two or not, you should let me know. Cause I think that would be fun to talk about. Cause I'm, I've been just looking for an excuse to, to watch it. So, yeah, I would be down. Um, I, yeah, I think the last time I watched or tried to do this, I think, think i stopped shortly into season two and then just gave up same but i did we'll see how it goes thing. this time but i might bail out of season two watch a youtube video and then fire walk with me too with the return i did actually watch fire walk with me oh. recently interesting even before you started this journey or is that what mm -hmm. kicked off your journey I kind of watched that randomly and then I was thinking about like the next show to watch and then just decided to pop on Twin Peaks mm. mainly because I bought that merch recently. So <laughs> <laughs> got to justify the like, merch. You know what? I got <laughs> it, it is, is a really cool merch. shirt and glass. So it is very sweet. Cool. Okay. Well, what else? What was it? What was the other TV stuff you've been watching? That's it. Just those two. I mean, I've been watching. Oh, the stuff, Bear and Twin Peaks. Those were the main two. Cool. All right. Well, I have two uh, two other things that I'll talk about real quick. Um, I I watched two movies last night with uh, Trey and his fiance Emily, and the first movie that we watched was Little Shop of Horrors. And the, the reason why. Cut? No. Whatever whatever cut is on HBO Max. What is I, it with the director's cut? Is that supposed to be like the one people I, like or do people I not I think like the it? director's cut is supposed to be huge. I don't know why, but 
Well, I watched the whatever cut is on HBO Max. And you and loved it. Absolutely loved it. It was amazing. But the reason why we watched it is because uh, Trey and Emily were here on Easter Sunday. And we decided to go to the casino, the Silver Reef Casino. And mm-hmm. uh, they have a little shop of horrors uh, slot machine. And uh, Emily, Trey's fiance, had never been to a casino before. And that was the slot machine she decided she wanted to play. And she was crushing it. She was only going to spend $20. And mm-hmm. uh, at one point, she was up like over $200 on that machine. Um, and it's really fun. There's tons of cut scenes, like little games that you play. And like we were just kind of standing around watching her play the slot machine. Mm-hmm. And uh, she proposed that night watching the movie because she had never seen it before. So I was like, hell yeah, I've been wanting to watch this movie for years. Let's do it. And so we did. And I absolutely loved it. I thought it was so fucking funny. I was cracking up. I think it's hilarious. I think as a musical, it's awesome. I think the songs are super catchy. I love the performances and Frank Oz's direction is immaculate. I think it looks awesome. The animatronics on the, the like plant monster are crazy. Just the amount of expression that they get out of like his mouth movements and his singing and Oh, it was just so funny. Steve Martin, probably my favorite Steve Martin performance of all time. I was absolutely wow. dying. He plays a sadistic dentist in this movie. Have you seen this movie before? I have not. Oh, man. Besides La La Land, probably my favorite musical ever. <laughs> like, I wow. think it's my favorite musical besides La La Land. What I don't even know if I knew it was like a full-on musical. Neither did I until I started it, and it opens with a musical number, and I was like, is this a musical? And then when another musical number started almost immediately after the first one, I was like, all right, this is a musical. Uh, but it's so funny. Uh, it's got Rick Moranis is in it, Steve Martin, uh, John Candy plays a small role in Jim it. Belushi, Bill, Bill Murray, Jim Belushi. It's just a who's who. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's also barely in it, but they're all amazing cameos. Just so funny. Rick Moranis is awesome in it. The music kills. The comedy kills. Uh, I loved it. Way more than I thought I would. I, you know, I thought I would like it, but. Best Frank Oz movie. Um, did he do Shawshank? No. No. No, 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 no. that's Darabont. Um, Frank he Oz did, did a movie that I really like. Dark liked. Crystal. He did yes. In and of Itself, your favorite movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking of. <laughs> what about um, Bob? Oh, man. Monsters, Inc.? Did he do that or was he just in no. that? No. No, he was just in that. I think it's just Oh, he's an that. actor. He's an actor in... He's in The Last Jedi? Dude, Frank, he's in all the Star Wars movies? Well, Who's Frank is Oz? He, is he Yoda? He's in Empire Strikes Back. He's in Force Awakens. I Return think he's Yoda, right? Is this motherfucker Yoda? No. Nah, this is, is, he, is this Yoda? Are we, ta- are we talking Yoda? <laughs> he can't be, right? Frank Oz? I'm sorry. I have to confirm this right now. He is Yoda. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Okay, well, I love Frank. Frank Oz is Frank Oz my favorite person. He might be. He's he. Hey, he's an actor at Inside Out. That's one of your favorite. 
Pixar movies, right? Dude, Little Shop of Horrors, Dark Crystal, Stepford Wives. What about Bob? Bowfinger? I haven't seen Bowfinger, but people love that. In and of the Indian in the cupboard, dude. All right. Anyway, so back <laughs> on track. Uh, I love. I loved it. Muppets I would highly take recommend Manhattan. It. Did you say that? <laughs> I have not seen it, but yes, I did see that was on the list. I have not seen it either, but I think it is well liked. Didn't I buy you a copy of the Dark Crystal because you had never seen it? You, you were like mixed on that, right? I was mixed. Yeah. Oh man, you got to get a rewatch in, dude. Didn't I buy you the 4K? You did. Oh, you got you to gotta get that rewatching. <laughs> I didn't really like Dark Crystal or uh, the movie with David Bowie that I'm blanking on. Labyrinth? Labyrinth, yeah. Did not Never grow up with it. those. Yeah, me either. Anyway, Little Shop of Horrors, though, is huge. I think you would love Little Shop of Horrors. If anything else, I think you would think Steve Martin's character in it is fucking hilarious. I do love Steve Martin. I know for a fact you would love his character in it. I was fucking dying. I'm um, curious what the what's the deal with the director's cut though. Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty sure this was not the director's cut. Although funny enough that you mentioned the director's cut, the um, slot machine specifically said "Little Shop of Horrors" director's cut. The slot machine. <laughs> Interesting. So I don't know what the dealio is. You can is, get the Blu-ray with both cuts for ten bucks right now on Amazon. I'm gonna, I'm gonna not bad. Gonna buy it right now. I'm gonna do it as we talk. Uh, so anyway, I'd highly recommend it. Um, only one other thing that I'll mention, and I don't have much to say about it, but I got in another rewatch uh, last night actually with Trey and Emily of uh, Pop Star Never Stop Never Stop Him. First time since theaters? No, I think I've seen it one other time. So I think mm. it was, I think this is the third watch. And I'm not going to lie, I've been wanting to force feed this one because it's, it's one mm-hmm. of those like kind of cult movies, like uh, really all of the Lonely Island movies. Uh, yeah. Hot Rod, McGruber. It's right there with Hot Rod. Like, mm-hmm. Hot Rod, uh, you know. Everybody who listens to the show knows that it's one of my favorite comedies of all time. I love Hot Rod. MacGruber, love MacGruber. Popstar is very funny. I will give it credit, but not on the same level for me. Not everything works. Um, There are definitely some standout sequences that I really like. Specifically, my favorite song uh, is Fucked Bin Laden. Um where he talks about wanting to fuck a girl like the U.S. military fuck Bin Laden <laughs> is uh, the standout from a musical perspective. Um, but I just I just don't think it's as funny as the Lonely Island's other movies. And I don't really get like what the... There's kind of been a reappraisal of this movie in recent years. Like It has a reputation for being like criminally underrated. Mm-hmm. And I would agree that it's underrated. You know, it's a, it's a pretty funny movie, but... I would rank MacGruber and especially Hot Rod higher than Popstar. Um, so little disappointed on the rewatch because I thought maybe this would be when it would finally click for me. But still a very solid comedy. I do like it a lot. But Better eh. than Chippendale Rescue Rangers. I did like that movie. <laughs> um, but yes, better than Chippendale Rescue Rangers. More rewatchability, I think. Yeah. So, a little disappointed, but still would recommend it if you haven't seen it. 
ultimately I would agree that it's underrated, but it's not gonna it's not gonna be one of my favorites. I was trying to force feed it into being a favorite and it's, it's just, not one you're gonna go to bat for. It's not gonna happen. No, I'm not gonna die on that hill. I'm not gonna be a champion of that one. Hot Rod though, one of the funniest movies of all time. And I will die on that hill. Anyway, that's where I'm at. That's all that I've been watching. I don't know if you have anything else you want to talk about. Uh, I think I'm spent. Tapped. Oh, real quick, I rewatched uh, Bad News Bears, the uh, Richard the Linklater, Linklater remake. Ooh, I've never seen it actually. Saw it in the theater back in the day. Uh, it was one of. It was back when Tyler and I did uh, the early movie screenings and. Uh, I have a vivid memory of that screening because uh, we we basically kept a dad and son's seat for them while they went to go get concessions. And in return, the dad brought us back some popcorn to enjoy oh. the, the film Hell yeah. with. And uh, that was the best part of the movie and uh, still my best memory regarding. <laughs> was that popcorn? Movie. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's just, I, I feel like it's a low point for Linklater. It's, uh, I don't know, it's not very funny, and um, it tries to be. and it, It's like it's, uh, it's trying to capitalize on, like, Bad Santa and School of Rock, but just, like, doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> like, swing and misses from a comedy perspective. Like, it's trying, you can tell it's trying to be funny and just doesn't work. Well, it's like... It's it's like on the heels of something great from both of them, Richard Linklater and Billy Bob Thornton. Right. Billy Bob Thornton did Bad Santa, which was great, and he plays a very similar character in Bad News Bears, but it just doesn't quite work. And then, you know, Richard Linklater directed School of Rock, which is hilarious, and then, mm-hmm. you know, there's kind of like the same beats or tone with Bad News Bears, um, but it just doesn't work for whatever reason. It's like it's it's just like a failed version of other things that did work. Like I'd even take Bench Warmers over this Bad oh News my Bears God. remake. That was as soon as you said <laughs> Bad News Bears, Bench Warmers is the movie that popped into my head. Dude, that movie was not good even back then. You would still take Bench Warmers over. What this? Bench Warmers? Oh, Bench Warmers has a couple good moments i remember thinking that movie sucked even when i saw it back then because that was like who's in that it's it's, um (laughs) napoleon dynamite guy and yeah god rob schneider i forgot (laughs) who's the other guy is is it is it um david spade is he in it um is are those the three guys yep those are those are the three guys right yeah, that's three-headed oh, dog. I remember thinking that was bad even when I was fucking 14 or whatever I was when that movie came out. Come on, that's an underrated Damn. classic right there with Robert Taylor. Oh, <laughs> that movie is also not good. That's a Seth Rogen joint, isn't it? I'm pretty sure he wrote the screenplay for Drillbit Taylor. Drillbit Taylor? I think so. Uh, let's see. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> John Hughes is one of the writers too. Wow. Uh-uh. Oh yeah, no, I had forgotten about that. That was one of his last Must screenplays. One of his last, yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Oh man, do we need to do a retro review of Drillbit Taylor? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, you're really not selling Bad News Bears. You know, I'm a no, later guy. No, it's not and that's, great. That's one I've never, uh, I've never seen. I think that was his. Uh, yeah. 
his his low point and his high point. Like that's when he was like Damn, most integrated point. into the Hollywood system. Oh yeah, and then after that, he kind of retreated to his, doing his um, like indie yeah. thing again. Yeah, which is yeah. for the better. Yeah, for everyone involved. Yeah, he got chewed up and spit out by Hollywood, and then he went back to doing what he does best. A Scanner Darkly, I think, was probably Except, the movie he did after. What's he been doing lately? Apollo 11 and a half. No, 10 and a half. Apollo 10, 10, and, 10 a half. and a half. Where'd you go, Bernadette? And Ugh. Last Flag Flying. That movie was pretty good. It was fine. Yeah, yeah. it was fine. It was bad. Apollo 10 and, uh, 10 and a half, I actually liked a lot, too. That was an honorable mention last year. No, that was bad. <laughs> no. I saw... Is, is that the is that the letterbox review uh, where you did the South Park reference? The I member? Oh, yeah. I yep. member uh, <laughs> Apollo 11 or whatever your review was. <laughs> cruel. That's a cruel assessment. That movie is amazing. I actually really yeah, like Yeah, basically that. a member berries reference in my <laughs> review. No, that Apollo movie is huge. <laughs> I really like that movie. Member berries are great, though. <laughs> Mimba? Oh, I remember. Mimba Ghostbusters? <laughs> I remember. <laughs> that oh, was that man. whole movie, but the 60s. No, that was not the whole movie. That's unfair. That's an unfair assessment. You're going to be on the wrong side of history, my guy. I hope you know that. The wrong Missy. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, when's UB Halloween 2 coming out? We Good got uh, Murder we Mystery 2. It's just a matter of time, right? We're just going to go through the whole Netflix Adam Sandler catalog and do the sequels. Ridiculous 6 too. Ridiculous <laughs> 7. Um, <laughs> yeah, Sandy Wexler 2. Chapter 2. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 2, turn into the next John Wick. It's going to be huge. Sandy Wexler 3, Parabellum. Oh, yeah. Can't, can't We're getting there. It. All right. We ready to shut her down? I think so. Let's get out of here. All right, what's next in the pipeline? Oh man, there's there's some stuff coming out. I really want to see how to blow up a pipeline. I don't know if that's going to be a a featured review or if it, even if I'm going to have an opportunity to see it because it seems like it's pretty limited. But yeah, that um, one uh, Ennis Men or whatever it was called. Oh, dude, Do you that have a came in for went. that movie. Or? Is it gone? No, no, is it gone already? Well, I saw it was playing at the Regal downtown for a few days, and then now it's not playing anywhere. It hasn't been here. I wonder if the uh, local like independent cinema is going to have it because it. I've been keeping an eye out for it because that I movie looks VOD. awesome. Oh man! I think you're going to have to catch it, VOD. Son of a bitch! I well, don't have a hard on, but I'm I'm intrigued. I think that movie was awesome, dude. You didn't watch the Outwaters yet? No, it's right there not for yet. you. That's still on your uh, your voodoo, right? Yep. Until they take it off. Uh, I gotta get her done. I gotta get in there. Oh, wait, did you just rent it or did you buy it? Kyle bought it on my voodoo by mistake. By mistake. <laughs> well, he meant to buy it on his own voodoo, but oh, he was still logged into mine when in he bought it. Well, so I'm stupid. So I mean, uh, Bo is afraid. Is like mm, a week away. Is that? Oh, we gotta do. But I was afraid. And Renfield comes out in Gots a week to. too. 
I'm sure Paris well, is. Gonna we got to get be Paris on. on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Renfield, I'm not doing a Renfield episode unless Paris is involved. She's got to be on it. Yeah. I'm if down do for Bo's afraid though. In air, you want to see air? That just came out. I haven't seen it yet, but. I will, yeah, I'm definitely going to see Air and Super Mario Brothers at some point. Um, Should we do a quadruple feature the next time we record? We could. Super Mario Bros, Renfield, Bo's Afraid, Air, quadruple feature. We've only had a hand, like maybe two of those in the history of the show. The listeners would love it. They've been asking for it. When When's the next quadruple feature is all I've been hearing on the socials. When's the last time we did that? Was it the... I think uh, we've only done it maybe one time. It was Book of it Henry, was, right? Was one of them? Book of Henry, like fucking big sick. The Beguiled. <laughs> Beguiled, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, fuck. I can't remember what the other one would have been. That show was huge. I think that was. That actually was huge. I think that might be our one of our most listened to episodes. Just that search engine optimization, you know? Just oh, yeah. cram as many titles. We should just start p- putting titles in our episodes that we didn't even watch, you know? Just just yeah, say, like as if we're doing like a like a six like six reviews in oh, one here episode. Here we go. Okay, so episode oh, twelve was Cars Three. Was it comes at night and the book of Henry. I think episode thirteen was the quadruple feature. I don't know if you got it pulled up still. The Beguiled, right? It had to have been the Beguiled. I remember the Beguiled being a big Uh one. Or you not, you don't have it, you're not still looking at it? Feet don't fail me now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go. (laughs) Episode 13. This was the biggest episode of our show. Baby Driver, The Big Sick, The Beguiled, Oakja, and Atomic Blonde. No way. Five? Was that five movies you just listed? Holy shit. Man, remember when we had the stamina and the fucking patience for that shit? Back when we cared. That's like a a new relationship right there. (laughs) That was a big episode, too. I think I actually I think that is our most listened to episode of all time. I'm pretty sure it's that one. Who are we trying to impress back then? Damn. The Holy listeners, shit. it worked because people love that one. I'm telling you, search engine optimization. Man, five fucking featured reviews. Tom was like, I'm out. I wonder if he even crazy. saw. I wonder how many of those he saw. There's no way he saw all five. He's it's not a chance. No. I know he saw Baby Driver and uh-huh. probably Oakja, but. Not beguiled, or uh, I don't know about the big sick beguiled or atomic. Oh, uh, he he probably saw a big sick, but that was back when we were going to like every screening. We were we were going hard. That's when I was single. We were going hard. That's when we were just like no cares in the world, nothing but the podcast. Everything it was. It huge. worked. I mean, it wasn't that hard to just like take a bus or whatever from Mercer Island to downtown. Now we live in the boonies. Yeah. Every every movie is a fucking field trip. <laughs> it's true. It does feel like that. Uh anyway, that's enough. Wow, five featured reviews lane. though. Will that that's ever happen crazy. again? We can make it happen. There's nothing <laughs> stopping us other than our own commitment. <laughs> wow. Now's the time. 
fucking air air renfield super mario bros how to blow up a pipeline and it's mem boom there it All is right. we gotta get we gotta get paris on the books it's gonna be huge let's just get the whole the whole rogues gallery one person for each movie but we'll tap the whole roster We'll get fucking Jay in here to do another one. Oh, man. I don't think Jay's been on the show since Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's Yeah, I think that was probably the last time. Anyway. So, to be decided what the next one is. We got plenty of options. But um, that's going to do it for this one. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, if you have uh, any feedback or suggestions or really anything you want to tell us, send us an email. Uh, as always, that's going to be cinephilesdigest at gmail.com. That's going to do it for this one, though. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time. Later. Toodles.